but I did take a red eye. So if what I say does not make sense, please let me know. Now try yeah. to rephrase. <laughs> so, so where do you live? Where do you live now? You're in Oregon. Yes, currently I'm in Portland, Oregon, but okay. I am also from Michigan. I'm originally okay. from uh, Southwest Michigan, and from Berrien Springs, small town. Okay. I went to U of M for undergrad, and then I moved west. I lived in Portland for a year, worked with my brother's a dentist. So I worked in his office, took a gap year, and then started at Loma Linda in 2010, 2010, 2011. Yeah. Okay. And then moved back to Portland 2018. So that's where we're oh, at. Nice. Right now. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you guys know each other? Uh, Ashley is like the head, the top of like biomimetic dentistry. And okay. the rest of us plebes <laughs> learn as much from her as possible. Uh, um, okay. I help I help mentor at the Alamance Center where Vince took the mastership. So I help them do okay. calls and 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 you know just help students and if they have questions. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, and so that's how we know each other. Yeah, but <laughs> okay. she's being is modest. Way too kind. She's being very is modest. That in, is that in New York, the Alamon Center? No, they're in Utah, but it's all online. Okay. We do everything online. Like we do calls on Zoom and okay. uh, that's how that's how we um, help educate. It's live lectures uh, for nine weeks where, you know, one of the teachers give a lecture, do Q&A, and then for the months preceding the lectures, you get like a call a month. And then it's pretty much like unlimited tech support. I just tell everyone, if you have a question, just text me, I'll text you back, you know? Um, and yeah. we just make sure that uh, you're able to learn it, but also be able to apply it in your office because that's what's important. Right. Yeah, that's it's interesting. The first time I learned of biomimetic dentistry was from Vince. And I thought he was stuttering. I'm like, there's too many M's in that word. <laughs> Yes. I was like, I why are there so many M's? <laughs> you don't know how many times I've heard biometric and I'm like, yeah, biomimetic. <laughs> to correct well, it's kind of like, it's kind of a tough word. It doesn't like roll off the tongue, you know? Exactly. know. Um, but now that I know, you know, Vince more better, it's it, now I'm, you know, running into it all over the place. Like it's creeping up in my Instagram and Facebook and, and I've kind of learned a little about it. So, so how did you get into that? Um, so my story is, is that I wasn't a good dental student. I like partied through dental school. I don't believe that. I, no. I did. <laughs> I truly did party through dental school, did not really pay attention. So I knew like just enough to be able to like prep, but I had no concept of how to bond properly. Okay. I was trained with SE bond, the two-step that mm-hmm. in school. And then when I come out in my first job, my, uh, they were like, here you go, here's your bonding and it's Scotch bond universal. And I did not understand just like how they were different. And so mm-hmm. I was just bonding horribly. Um, and it was a Sarah heavy office and it was just like something would debond a week. And it wasn't just me. It was like everyone in the office is you having a recement a week was just normal. <laughs> and then yeah. the thing that started happening is, I was doing these slot preps and my slot prep started going bad and it would go bad where the slot prep would debond at the bottom, but still be bonded at the top. And it would pretty much go from having a, you know, D1 lesion to pretty much needing endo in two years. And that's when I realized like, oof, I'm doing something wrong. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and I was just trying to kind of understand and looking for answers. And I was lucky that my, my brother, who's the dentist, he had taken uh, Matt Najad and Dr. Alleman's class. So he recommended and told me to take it. So I started okay. taking it and then all of a sudden I just fell down the rabbit hole and here we are. Yeah. So got, yeah. So, like so it kind of, well, sorry, Vince. I was say a question for that is, so some dentists get a bunch of D bonds and they don't get better. What about your personality made you think I have to get better at this? Why not re-cement uh, one crown a week? Because I can't stand knowing that I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing my best. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I also can't stand saying like, Oh, this just happens, you know? Um, and, and my problem was that I knew that it was possible because, you know, my brother and I, beyond him just recommending the class, we'd have conversations. And I knew that with, I knew how much he believed that bonding could do it, uh, like how much it could perform, but I just couldn't replicate. Okay. So for me, because I knew the answers were out there, I didn't want to settle for saying, oh, like, let's just re-cement all these divons and then, you know, watch tell your patient, Oh, you didn't floss. So you've got another cavity here, you know, like to me like that. I've heard, I've heard things like, Oh, it's because it's composite. That's why it's failing. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's not the material. I'm pretty sure I'm doing something wrong. And yeah. so once I realized that too, that, you know, something I'm doing is causing this problem, like there, I cannot sleep properly at night. So uh, now I sleep great. Like I don't make a lot of money. I'm not very productive, but I sleep great. And to me, that's worth it. So do you think you don't make a lot of money because you don't treatment plan as aggressively or what's the reason for the drop in production? Mm, I would just take longer. I think okay. before I used to be able to treat um, like at least three, you know, four teeth a day. But now like I do two a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon uh, with my CEREC, you know, it takes me like three hours to start to cement and they're out. And mm -hmm. like, it's hard for me to do more than that. My third patient of the day never gets my hundred percent. That bothers me too. Like just because I'm tired, you're getting like less quality work, which I know it's still good work, but it still bothers me because that's just my personality. So I just say, Hey, I'm doing one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And then, and that's just it. That's what I'm do. So I'm just a very average producer, <laughs> but my diagnosing actually increased with biomedics because I used to never diagnose treating uh, peripheral rim fractures. Like when you see a fracture line on the, on the marginal ridge, um, my uh, corporate would tell us to crown them. And I did a few and I'm like, there, why are we crowning this? There's like plenty of two structure. That's fine. So I just mm -hmm. monitor and just watch. But now that I understand how to treat it conservatively, and I understand that treatment treating early is much more beneficial than just watching it and seeing the crack get worse. Uh, my treatment diagnosis has increased. So uh, that's why I do tell um, my other students, uh, even though, cause they all go through the same thing. They're getting slower. All of a sudden their production will drop. And I tell them, Hey, it'll compensate by you're going to start diagnosing more once you start seeing how bad these cracks are. And then at least your production might be a little lower, but it'll be more consistent where you'll have more patients and more treatments to do in the long run. What is your corporation? Do you, uh, you feel comfortable telling us what corporation you work for? You don't have to. Yeah, no, I, I'm fine. Um, I work for Pacific Dental Services. Okay. So I don't think they're in Michigan yet. That's a big I'm group. Sure, yeah, I'm sure they're coming. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Their like goal is to be the number one dental like company in America. That's literally their slogan. And uh, they're, yeah, yeah, they're really big. And they have a very like interesting model where they get a dentist to buy in equity into the business itself. So they have an actual owner and then they own uh, 51% owner usually owns 49. And, um, and that's how they do the model. They have Sarek in all the offices. And, uh, and that's, I mean, I started with them. Um, I graduated, you know, they're like the only ones who hire new grads <laughs> and of the corporates, they have the better reputation because it's very dependent on who your owner dentist is on how your experience is with the company. So because of that, the, there's a lot of people who have good experiences and then, you know, if they have a really bad one, it's usually because they didn't have a good owner dentist on site. <laughs> so it's been mixed. And, and I think that's just life where nothing, I don't know if you can find perfection. There's always good and bad. Oh, yeah. Are you an owner dentist? I am. I do in my, my office. So that's why I do have a lot of leeway. You know, no one really bothers me, even though that it will help my office and find more productive <laughs> Um, and I think that's now my current struggle. In the beginning, when I started biomedics, like none of it mattered. It was just about learning how to do the protocols well, learning how to rubber dam, do like difficult cases. But now that that is getting easier, I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta figure out the production piece to this too. Because it goes hand in guys, hand. Yeah, do you guys both feel, um, this is a question for both of you, but do you feel like like dentistry as a profession is set up in a way in which you're, you're almost, uh, you know, you're almost penalized for doing good treatment, um, conservative treatment. And then you make more money, you know, when you do aggressive, bad dentistry, because then you can like do it over in a couple of years and, and do the filling, you know, you go down that filling crown root canal, new crown, you know what I mean? What do yes. you guys think? Vince, go first. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I think the only way to compensate for that is to raise your fees. Because if it takes mm-hmm. you an hour to do an MOD on 20, and you're only making 150, but it's the best treatment possible, there's no way you can compete with a $1,000 crown in the same amount mm-hmm. of time. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Vince too. And I think that's what's so that's one of the most frustrating things about being part of my corporate is you can see the production numbers for everyone in the company and they praise people who can cut, you know, like four crowns a day, <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, like the people who are producing the most are the ones that are saying like, Oh, you guys are like the best dentists for treating your patients and making yeah. them healthy. And I'm just like, that is, that is not what's happening. Um, and you know, they're just literally going in there and prepping in five minutes for zirconia their assistant comes in to scan design and they come in and they put it on with Fuji in like five minutes. Right. So I, and then I have also heard other dentists will say like, well, you know, the feeling is okay if it only lasts five years, cause then I could do it again. And, you know, like, I do think there's some of that. I don't think it's everybody. I do believe that there's a lot of people out there who want to do what's still best for the patient and may not be doing biomedic dentistry. Um, it's, it's hard to gauge know how how much it goes one way or the other but i do agree with you that you're you're obviously going to make more money at least if we just look at in that standard if things don't last forever and it has yeah and i and i think about these new graduates with these you know gigantic 
debt, you know, it's like this, this debt load is so massive that are they really thinking, have, have we set it up? So we're almost like, we're almost encouraging people to, to do malpractice sometimes, because if, you know, if you have a choice between a filling and a crown, you know, which, which one's going to pay the bills. I think what's right? hard though, is that there's no standard, you know, like uh-uh. if you have someone that has no concept of bonding and will do more damage doing a filling than if they were to like put a crown on it, you know, like who's going to make that judgment call, you know, every right. provider is so different. Um, every, everyone has different skill level. Um, and, you know, and I think that's the other problem with dentistry. Like what you think is good dentistry is not the same as what I think is good dentistry, mm-hmm. but there's no one to say that either one of us is right or wrong. <laughs> there's no, there's no panel. Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly, you know, they're not staging the cavity like, like they do for cancer, you know, it's not. Yeah. And then the treatment plan is constructed with a group of, you know, that's, that's how it's done in a hospital setting, but you're right. And, and I think because because it's maybe it's not expensive enough, then it's not, it's not worth it. Like, like Vince said, if you're getting, you know, if you're getting $2,500 for a crown, that's different than getting $600 for a crown. Yeah. Um, you, you can block more time and I, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's kind of disheartening sometimes because I feel like these poor, these poor dentists, especially the young ones, um, they've got this like angel devil thing happening. And it's like, I, I feel for them. I do. Yeah. Um, it is really rough. And, you know, like, like for me in my reimbursement world, like when I do an onlay, it's automatic two to $300 less than if I do a crown. And yeah. so I, I, as a biomedic dentist, I'm sitting there going, do I save this cost? You know, like I'm trying to not think of the fact that there's money involved and just think about it clinically Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of it, if I do an onlay, I have to be like, oh, I'm happy I, I did the treatment that was necessary. But then in the back of my head, I still always think like, oh, yeah, but they're also poor. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, very, it's, it's very like over time, it gets more demoralizing. And so right. I'm sure it's much harder for someone who who doesn't have like the true science concept and at least can feel that fulfillment and gratification of knowing like how good of a job they did. Yeah, I worry yeah. for the profession. I do. I I really worry. Like the cost I, I do is like yeah. going out of control. I don't think it's it's worth it anymore. I if I have well, I Vince knows. I always ask that question. You know, would you, you know, would you do it again? That's one question. Or would you encourage your kids to do it? Um, um, well, let me ask uh-huh. Ashley. Quick question, Ashley. Before uh-huh. you on that, um, maybe I'm naive when I think this, but do you think because all practice owners are building goodwill. Do you think in the long term, biomimetic dentistry will make you more money because you have such a good reputation than fast, cheap, quick money? Um, I want to believe that it will. You know, I, okay. I definitely have patients who will tell me like, oh, like I've never had a dentist who, you know, just even though they don't, cause I'll like nerd out and I'll say science stuff to my patient and, and they appreciate that. Even though they have absolutely no idea what I'm really saying, they say yeah. like, Hey, no dentist has ever explained it to me like this. Um, you know, like no patient 
is upset that I take a long time because I explain very thoroughly like why and they're like oh like take all the time you need like I appreciate like your knowledge and, and the efforts that you're putting in so I want to believe that yes but you know there's there are dentists out there who aren't doing biomedic dentistry who still do a great job too you know like it's yeah. not um it's not that the bio, we're going to overtake them <laughs> it's just that if you're going to do a really bad job and have a bad reputation, sure. Like what we do will give us an edge in the future. You know, I do think that. Yeah. Do you think that there's a, what's it? Go ahead. I was was going to ask you, do you know in our community, are there super successful financially biomimetic dentists? Yeah. And they are all fee for service. The one I know that is taking PPO um, does like a lot of aesthetic cases, full mouth, you know like those big cases like you can't in my this is my opinion and I mean I've just been in the community for two years so it it might be wrong but from what I see you can't just do like single tooth posterior dentistry and do BRD and be like very uh, like financially wealthy no like you have to either also have like a surgery um, and do like implants do aesthetics like you have to do something with the biomedics you can't just do it you'll be like comfortable and well off but it's not none it's not going to be like you know these dentists who have like yachts and and planes and that I don't think that's going to happen easily because no matter what like even if we charge more like there is still a cap to how much you can charge for doing a posterior crown right I agree. Dentists have yachts and Dennis, do you guys have yachts and planes? I have like a fancy coffee maker. It's behind me. I don't. I drive a Civic. (laughs) But like, I remember my my (laughs) professor in dental school. It's like one of his lectures at the end. It's like him on his boats and stuff. So, you know, like, yeah, that's like what they show you in dental school. And then. Right. And and I'm like, well, you could do that because we have no student loans. Yeah. You graduated School, that's how they right? get you into dental school, but they're homeless. That's they live on the boat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the true story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I think that um, you know I worry that if we don't pay doctors enough, this is this is my concern. Physicians and dentists, if we don't pay them enough, or if we make the profession so it's hard to make money, then the quality of people going into the profession is going to drop. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? I agree. Yeah. And well, I think that the thing that will still hold some measure of quality is you still have to be pretty top notch to get through. Like it's not easy doing well in undergrad and then getting in and then doing, you know, doing at least passing. But but why bother, you know, if you can go on TikTok and make millions of dollars? Hey, creator life is not easy either. I mean, (laughs) I'm doing it and it's hard. It's, you know, like, yeah, so let's talk easy. more about that. Um, not to okay. Because um, no, Jessica, totally I don't know if you know, I think Ashley, you have like what, 25,000 followers on Instagram? Uh, yeah. Let me look. Tell me exactly. I try not to look. That's one thing I've realized is the more I fixate on that number, it makes the whole process not as fun. So, okay. I look at your and, Instagram every day. So I'll tell you exactly how many you have. <laughs> I have 24.2 right now. So wow. what is the yeah. life of a, I guess, I, I think influencer is a stupid word, but you're definitely a intelligent dentist influencer. What's that life like? And how do you do that? Um, it's actually a lot of work. Okay. It, I believe I was, And 
honestly, I was able to get a leg up because I took mastership January of 2020. So I was lucky to have done it before pandemic. So when pandemic happened, I had a lot more time to actually like kind of figure it out. So okay. that's when I like started posting. I was reading a lot then. So I would post literature in my stories. Um, that's when the following started to grow is because of that time. And now what's happening is now it's like, I'm just trying to, like, I always want it to be fun because if it's not fun, then it's definitely work. And it's a lot of work. You know, like you, I put in it when I was posting, I was trying to post like three times a week. I would come home and I have to at least spend 30 minutes if it's just a case post or if it's a literature review then I have to like read the paper which could take me 30 minutes to an hour write it up which it could also take me an hour to eight hours depending on like the topic itself and then you know post it then engage answer I try to answer all my dms when they ask me like clinical questions so it all takes a lot of time I'm just always on my phone I'm just always working like in some sense. And I always try to tell myself it's fun. So it never feels like work, which is, which is great. I, so I don't know if that really answered your question. <laughs> yeah. How many hours a week do you think you put into social media? Are you just um, on Instagram or are you on TikTok too? I'm just on Instagram. I, so no I my can't... Spa- no MySpace? <laughs> long, long time ago. Maybe a few. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I just started YouTube. Okay. And, um, and I'm, it's going to take me a little bit to like figure out my scheduling of how to do YouTube. But, and, and I started doing YouTube because Instagram, um, Instagram is like really pushing the video. And my kind of thought is why learn how to do video if I'm going to post it on Instagram or YouTube is the video king. Okay. Uh, I, I, for Instagram, I think I spend at least an hour a day just on my own page i'm trying to like split what i do for the center because what i do for the center too is like a lot Uh, but like that's you know work and they pay me so i don't i don't want to put that but i at least try to take a good hour a day to make sure like you know i come i comment back to people who commented or uh, write back for dms uh, work on posts or i like plan posts out get my cases together so i'm always working a little bit every day for that okay do you make um, money not from the center, but from your own Instagram stuff? No, uh, okay. I don't. It's all for free. I'm actually thinking of maybe doing starting like a Patreon or something like that. But I go back and okay. forth. Uh, I think because it's fun and I it doesn't feel like work, there isn't this drive for me to be like, oh, I have to monetize. But okay. um, and then the center, they you know they take good care of me too. So it, to me, it's like all encompassing. Because my Instagram is in a way marketing for them too. Okay, can you tell Jessica? Yeah, you know, you know about the Element Center. I know we touched on it briefly. Yeah, tell Jessica your involvement, Ashley. Uh, Yeah, so that uh, with the Element Center, which their main program is the mastership that Vince and I both did. What it is is so Dr. David Element started the his protocol to do biomedic dentistry, which he calls the Six Lessons Approach. And then his son, Davey, is also a dentist. So they're the main instructors. Every week they run three, um, on Mondays, there's three times where they'll lecture and they, it goes from lesson, you know, one to lesson, there's actually seven lessons. And, you know, they do lecture, it's about 90 minute lecture and then 30 minute Q and A's is about two hour time. Um, I'm mentoring, it's me, uh, Dave Wald, 
who's uh, good friends with Vince too. And then Patrick Kelling is the other Instagram celebrity. Yeah. And, uh, and the three of us mentor. So what we do is we provide support for the doctors because there's about 30 docs that go through every three months. So right. if they ever have a question on the WhatsApp, you know, they'll, uh, you know, someone in our, in the, the team is responding back. And then monthly we do mentorship calls where we meet on zoom, just make sure they don't have any questions. If they have cases they want to go over with us, we'll do that. And so Dave, Patrick, and I help doing calls for that with us, senior and Davey. So that's what we do. Yeah. It's um, great. So you're, you're busy. I am. And, and I am cutting down clinically. So I was, when I first started in 2020, I was trying to do everything and working four days and it was yeah. like too much. So when I signed up with the center, I actually dropped to three. And then I, I, after I'm actually dropping, I dropped to two. So I'm working two days clinically. And okay. then I work two days. Uh, I work one day for the center uh, on, on Monday and I do a lot of my calls and I'm spend one day now, like just like self-study. And then one day uh, is like my content day. And now I'm like trying to actually like keep my weekends free because before I was working a lot on the weekend. Good yeah. for you. You to hire an associate now for your practice? Yeah, so we, yeah, I have two. When you have I two hired, associates. Mm -hmm, yeah, when I hired my second associate, I dropped to three, but it was still a little slow. So I was like, you know what, I'll just take another day and keep her busy. She, she's new. She wants to learn dentistry. Me, I'm like, my back's hurting. I love the intellectual. I'm the part same of way. It. Yeah. Yeah. I'm only 34 minutes and I'm like, oh, my back hurts. <laughs> uh, so. that's, that's when it starts, though. It starts like, you know, eight years or so into it. That's when your neck and back start hurting. You have to go get massages and. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's your, what's your plan or what do you see happening in the future? Do you yeah. see yourself leaving clinical and going into into this I, totally I, don't think, or? I will I like teaching more and mentoring more for sure that's one thing I've okay. learned in this journey is that that gives me uh, like a positive satisfaction that clinicals just don't I like fixing teeth but the thing I really struggle with is patient management and I'm just I'm very introverted so at the end that's why I can't do like more than like so many treatments a day because you know I just get really tired of just dealing with people at the end of the day yeah, <laughs> yeah. versus yeah. even though I talk to so many people online it's, it's funny how just the fact that you're not doing it in person it just like takes mm -hmm. so much load off of you so I I found that I do love the mentoring I do love content creation I love making content and I find that the balance is tipping where you know, like when I'm at work, I'm not as happy because I know I'm happier, you know, outside the office. So I'm trying to figure that out, out now. I'll let you guys know when I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess my question is, are you trying to set yourself up financially? Will you make enough money non-clinically to eat food? Uh, I'm married <laughs> and my husband, I mean, he, he doesn't make doctor salary, but he makes enough for us to survive. <laughs> okay. He buys is, the food. <laughs> yeah so we aren't starving and he cooks too the, oh I should I, everybody I need to give him the credit the reason I'm able to do all this is because he cooks he like he does everything while I while I'm always you know working what's his home. favorite dish to cook oh uh, lately we've been eating a lot of chicken because red meat is so expensive 
So we'll do, he'll cook like chicken thighs or we'll have like chicken soup, tortilla soup, cause it's been cold in Portland. Um, and then sometimes I'll cook some Korean food, but I haven't cooked, I haven't cooked in a long time. And mainly like, it's cause as soon as I get home, I decompress for like an hour, we have dinner and then I'm back to like, you know, reading or working and, and doing stuff. So okay. Are you do you Korean? have kids, That's Ashley? Life. No, no kids. I need to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too. There's a lot I need to figure out in my life. Yeah, Instagram only tells the Instagram story. Like I, I know my biomedics, but everything else I, I'm still like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. <laughs> so I think that's just li- that's life. You figure it out as you go, right? That's so, what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Two episodes ago, we had on what did Jessica, what did Mark call himself? A digital wellness expert? Yeah. Yeah. And he, he talked about the increase in anxiety from constant exposure to social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you, so sometimes I see on your post where you'll say like, I'll be back in two days. Do you find yourself having to take time away just to mentally decompress from it? Or do you get anxiety from being on social media? Uh, actually, no, I don't. And I, and that's why, well, and that's why I am very good about not, okay, let me rephrase. Sorry. My words are like jumbling. I get social media anxiety when I fixate on the wrong things. So when I think about like, Oh, I want more followers or, you know, like the popularity contest aspect of social media. If I, if I get sucked into that part of it, it does give me anxiety. So I know not to worry about my follower count. Like I don't look at my um, like insights that much anymore. Like in the beginning, I looked at it a lot. Like, when should I post to like, you know, looking at my graphs, but now I don't, that stuff will give me anxiety. Cause then I have a pressure of feeling like I need to perform and like do more. So all I do and focus on is how do I make good content that my followers will like and learn something from. And that's all I think about. And then I just try to engage back the other, the one other piece that I don't know if it's an anxiety, but something that's been happening is once I passed, I think like the 20,000 mark, I can't keep up with like so many people tag me. (laughs) And I remember being the person with like no followers, you know, asking for recognition from like a bigger account. Um, And for a while I was trying to like, at least like comment something for everybody, but I actually, hit a certain point with time where I was like, Oh, I don't think I could do it anymore. So that's not so much of an anxiety, but kind of a sadness, bittersweetness where I realized, okay, I'm kind of hitting my cap where I don't want to put in more time to do this. So I I decide not to do it. And, you know, it kind of feels like a letdown too. So that's what I'm experiencing. I hope it's so. It's almost like a negative side effect of success. You can't be a thousand to 10,000 people's personal friend with everyone. You don't have the yeah, time for that. For sure. So if someone asks me a clinical question, I will, you know, take this time to respond to them. But if they just like tag me or, you know, they say just hi or they don't say anything of value, I don't respond back anymore. So that's it's kind too of what, hard. 25,000. Yeah. No, no, I have 300 followers. I can't respond to all that. <laughs> yeah for sure yeah yeah and it's and it's you you're doing that by yourself you don't have an assistant who's helping you with the hosting okay Mm -mm. no and and I don't think I 
unless they're a biomimetic dentist, I don't think anyone could really help me because it's very particular content. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like oral hygiene tips or, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's very, it's very particular. And then it's, if it's about my case, my style is I always kind of write about like the emotional battle of what happened when I was doing the case. And that's something that only mm -hmm. I can really do. So I don't think I will have an assistant to do it. My husband is helping me a lot with YouTube though. So okay. that's one thing where I can't do by myself. So he's been helping right. me a lot. And then, I mean, if we actually get it up and get consistent at it, maybe we'll hire and have someone help us there. What's the name of your YouTube channel? Same thing, Dr. Ashless. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're yeah. a, do you lift, are you a power lifter or do you lift weights? <laughs> so it used to be my fitness account. It okay. was Ashless. And then I, I got in for a while. I wanted to be like a travel blogger. So I changed it to Ash Lifts the World. And then obviously oh, I didn't become good. a travel blogger. So it became Dr. Ash Lifts. So it's just the evolution of that, um, that profile I have. <laughs> Do you have a consistent lifting schedule? You still work out? Yeah, I try to go at least. So of all, I've tried like all the exercises. The thing that helps my back the most and neck the most is powerlifting. I recommend it to like all dentists to give it a try. Like you have to have a coach because obviously when you're lifting big weight, like you don't want to have bad form. But I realized powerlifting that there's just certain muscles that I was just never using. And I, those are the muscles that kind of hurt when you're in bad positions and they like kind of strain. And by powerlifting, you use so many of your muscle groups when you're doing compound movements that I started strengthening these muscles. And I had chronic hip pain for years like two years, I would wake up with hip pain. And there was a time where I was like, I don't know, like, if I could continue doing this, if I'm 30, and I'm having chronic pain already, but I started powerlifting. And literally in two weeks of doing a specific lift, my hip pain went away. And I know um, if I'm gone from the gym more than a week, it comes back. So I have to go every week, at least to to make sure I lift. And that what's helps that lift so that helps your the hip? Sumo deadlifting. I think it was one of my adductors that I was just like never working out. And I is probably just tight and pulling on my hip the wrong way. And as soon as I started practicing that lift, my hip pain just got better. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. So. I um I, I love deadlifts. I do I do them like every other day. Do you do you lift weights, Vince? I just started a kettlebell routine like three weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Is that where you eat kettle corn? Eat kettle corn? <laughs> You kettle corn every day and then you cry on the way to work. You ring a bell. Yeah. <laughs> it's the cowbell that you do. Yeah. It's, it's true though. I think, um, you know, my, my trainer told me when I was practicing, if you strengthen your abs, you know, it's really good for your back. Um, but it's like, just strengthen everything, you know, lift yeah. weights because mm -hmm. it's dentistry is horrible on your body. It's yeah. Like, it is so it's really horrible. Tough. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing is my hearing is going. Like mm -hmm. my husband will say something to me and I'm like, huh? Like yeah. I, I'm like, what? I can't, I'm like, I can't hear. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, yeah. yeah. And do you, and you wear earplugs? I should, I've been okay. saying I'm going to go to the, like go to an, like an ear doctor for a while to get like the custom ones made. Um, I'm going to do it. I promise. The problem with earplugs though is can you hear the patient? What if they're trying to talk to you? So that's why you have to get the custom ones because I've tried the concert right. ones and yeah. it kind of works, but it, you know, you, everything kind of gets muffled a little bit. 
But okay. apparently the like, custom ones, it's just blocking out the high frequency of the drill. Okay. So that it's it's just it's helping, but you could still hear the patient. So yeah. I mean hopefully give that a try because What's so that the, doctor so called it? An audiologist? Yeah, audiologist. Okay. Or an EN like an ENT, right? When that I think ENTs, they're more about like if you actually need surgery in your ear or okay. like things like that. For not so much like hearing, kind of like how optometrists do like right. your eye checks, and the ophthalmologists will do like eye surgeries and stuff like that. Okay, so the so the Delta Airlines free earplugs that I used to use didn't <laughs> <laughs> the foam. <laughs> the yellow. Yeah. But those are for sleeping because they, can't hear they block everything yeah. out. Yeah, no, for sure. You know. Yeah. That's, that's a good idea. Um, so Ashley, um, I think our personalities are actually very similar. Mm -hmm. Do you find dentistry more physically taxing or mentally taxing uh, when you're working on patients? I actually think more emotionally and mentally taxing for me. I yeah. If I follow your post and I read what you talk about, your emotional <laughs> battles with cases, and I have the same emotional battles when you're putting six crowns in, so how do you work through that so you can effectively work throughout the day? Uh, I, I don't see as many <laughs> patients. <Yeah. laughs> uh, you know, uh, what's helped me a lot is that I just have to reassure myself that it will be okay. Uh, when you'll I first, be okay? Yeah. Or, like when I first okay. started out, I had a lot of anxiety where I was so worried, you know, I was getting a crown back from the lab. And the night before I'd be stressed out, like, is that crown going to fit? They only gave me half an hour. Am I going to be able to do all the adjustments and get that thing seated? And, you know, like things like that would just stress me out or like you're in a case and, and you're just stressed out because it's not going the way that you want it to. And a lot of times I've just been telling myself to breathe and know that it, it's going to be okay. Like, even if your patient gets upset or, you know, you know, something like catastrophic happens, it'll be okay. Like you'll figure it out. So don't stress out. I tell myself like, don't stress out more than you already are. And like, or, you know, like it doesn't warrant that. Cause I worry that the mental and emotional anguish of it is going to kill my health more than my physical. Cause you know, I totally think that we don't give mental health enough credit of what it does to our bodies. So that's what I try to do is I, that give myself a mental talk pep talk <laughs> when, okay. when I get that way. And that's also why I do love content creation and Vince, you're, we're not alone. When I first started posting the way that I did, I was just scared to show my work. Cause you know, it's not like Instagram great. So I started just like talking about like all like venting essentially to, and, you know, showing people like, you know, I understand it's not good. And those things bother me. And so many people message me saying me saying that they feel the same way. And I think people think that they're alone in feeling that way, but there's actually a lot of us who are like that. And I tell them all, you know, it's not as bad as we think it is. We all mm -hmm. tend to think it's a lot worse than it is. So that's what I try to tell myself now. We're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. We are. I, that, I, I don't know if that's a, is that a dentist thing? It, it must be. Is I remember it? I went it's, it's gotta be, but I went yeah. to a class once and I still remember it was a Syrac class. I loved the Syrac. So I, I used it every day, but I went to one and it was this local person 
And I still remember he showed the finished product and then he showed it from like the, the aerial view and he had over contoured the restoration and opened up the embrasure. You know how you do that? Yeah. And, and he's like, and then, you know, I over trimmed it and I kind of messed it up a little bit and it was in, it was done. And, and I loved that he showed that. Cause I was uh-huh. just like, Oh, I'm not looking at another perfect restoration. Yeah. Like this is real life, you know? Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think, it, I, I think it's great that you're doing that. I think, I think Dennis think, you know, we think everyone's amazing online and, you know, everyone's just like killing it. And yeah, no, I just, you know, just the ones that are that, you know, artistically good, but it, right. that was, and I do credit Instagram for that. And I do think that's why a lot of the social anxiety I don't have, because it actually helped me with my anxiety a lot to be able to post my work and people tell me that it's good and not, you know, like I don't, I'm too hard on myself. Like I am stressing over things I shouldn't stress about when and people who I respect and like tell that to me, then I, you know, I, I have to believe them, <laughs> you know, I believe it. Mm-hmm. And slowly I become not, I, I'm still hard on myself, but I try to be kinder to myself. Um, the way I phrase it this way for someone, you know, like, you would never, I would never like put someone, my friend down if they made a small error. You know, I try to think about the case right. now, if it were my friend who did it and what kind of constructive fe- feedback would I give for my friend? And I would never do it in a negative way. So why should I do it that way for myself? So I just try to be kinder to my, my yeah. mental state. Well, yeah. be as kind right. to yourself as you are to other people is yeah. what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like that. Well, sometimes I'll have this anxiety where if I'm not hard on myself, I'm not going to get better. Like if you loosen up too much, maybe you guys feel similar. Then like you I don't do. improve. Every- yeah. Yeah. Vince, we are the same. I feel that way yeah. too. That's why I feel like I have to constantly be working and it's, and like, I don't want to take like a night off. Cause I worry that, well, it's going to be one night and then two night and then three night before I know I'm just not doing it anymore. So I, I feel that way too. And that's, an, but that's another reason why I post, you know, like I post because I want to show everyone that I am getting better. So it's this fine balance that I'm trying to find where I'm trying to be kind to myself, but also push myself to do well. This last week, um, I took an extra minute after I put rubber dam on to make sure the wrinkles were out, which (laughs) is absolutely nothing to make anything better. Right. But I just wanted to, to be like, actually like, do you have it in yourself to just take a minute to make sure the wrinkles are out and like, just take that breath. Are yeah. you, you know, and, and I, and I, and it came from a conversation I had with Instagram, right? Cause I asked him, how is your rubber dam always so wrinkle free? And that's what he said. I just take a minute to like, make sure the wrinkles are out when I, at the end. So I did. And, you know, it made me feel really good. <laughs> I feel like I accomplished something. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it makes me push myself. So it's going to be in my post in a few weeks. <laughs> do you have a do you, good... um, oh, go ahead. Oh, do you take vacations? Um, I haven't taken a, a vacation since 2019 where I don't go to some class or meet up with some dentist. Um, it's hard. That's also where it's blurry. Like this whole trip, um, I'm, I was telling Vince, I'm in New York for a wedding of a personal friend, but on Sunday I'm going to meet up with some dentists here and then and I'm going to Switzerland for a hands-on course next week. So for me, I'm like, it's vacation, but at the same time for three days, we're learning and doing hands-on for eight hours. So it's not like a true. 
It's like, not vacation. <laughs> it's not, that's not vacation. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I think though it's, um, you know, we're all kind of cut from, we are, we're cut from the same cloth and I'm like that too. I mean, I work from the second I open my eyes until I go to sleep, you know, but, but something I do that I highly recommend is I go to like an all-inclusive resort a couple times a year and I turn it all off. Totally. It's, it's really hard, but it's like, it's so good for your mental health. Yeah. So I don't know. I believe I mean, you. Yeah. yeah, I do. And so Ashley, do you have uh-huh. a good work-life balance? Uh, <laughs> my husband would probably say no. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, I, I like it, you know, for the first okay. time in my life, I wake up and I know there's something that I want to do that's work. Before this whole content creation, educating thing came along, there's so many days where I would wake up and be like, oh, like I have to go work, you know, that feeling of, oh, I got to get ready to go to work. But but on those, exactly. But on the days where I, you know, I'm at, I'm working from home. So I'm by myself, but I am like getting like all my posts and everything together. Like to me, that's a good day. I could like plan things out, do a lot of work. You know, I, those are days I really love. Isn't that true success? Jessica, maybe you agree. Um, actually waking up and wanting to do what you're going to do compared to making $12 billion a year. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, as a person who really enjoys her job, you know, I do. Um, I think it's, uh, it's the best it, when you're, when you're making money doing something you love and you actually really like doing it. It's, um, it's, it's very fulfilling, but I do think it's good to take a break because I think our, our brains need to, you kind of like need to reset a little bit mm-hmm. and we forget, you know, it's, it's part of self-care. Everyone's talking about self-care right now. You know, it's like, we almost forget that, that we need to do that too. And, and yeah. it's really hard. I mean, it's hard. Like I don't, I don't sit on my couch and turn on the TV, you know, um, when I could be sending out letters to dentists, seeing if they want to sell practices, you know, but, but it's, I don't know. So, so yeah, I guess, does that answer your question? No, that was terrible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I think uh, success would be when you, it's both, you're making money doing what you love. And mm-hmm. also taking care of yourself physically, the trifecta. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if there's a lot of people who are able to do all three. You know, like it, we all. I think we all tend to swing harder on one way or the other. Yeah, or we go in phases where you're in really good yeah. shape, but you don't know what you do. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and I think that's what w- good work-life balance would mean too where, you know, you taking care of yourself, but also uh, doing what you love and working and also feeding yourself, which that I, I do need to figure that out too. I, I have student loans too. I have a yeah, lot of them. I mean, we all do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, we used to, we used to say like my group of friends, we'd say like either the, the, like the office is good and the personal life is horrible or the personal life is really good. And the, the office is, you know, for, for other people, you know, it's, you can't have both, but, mm-hmm. but I, I think you can. Um, I just, I agree with you totally. It's like, nobody has all of it in perfect balance. Um, mm-hmm. It's always kind of unbalanced, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think you can. 
I think it's yeah. like the unicorn that people are chasing. So right. for me, like, I just try to make sure that I, I'm ha- more happier. Like there's more instances where I feel happiness than I am like stressed or sad. And I really try to keep that balance, whether if, if that happiness is coming from my work or from like my self-care for, you know, it's just that emotional balance that I try to strive for. And that's what I've been trying to work on. Do you have that right now? Do you find more positive moments than negative in your life? Uh, I think so. I'm, okay. I am really blessed. I have two great docs in my office, so I have very like low stress there. I mean, I'm taking three weeks off. Like I, that's pretty much unheard of. Nice. And then I have great husbands. Uh, home life is great. And, and I mean, he cooks for me, like I can't complain. Uh, and, and, you know, like everything else, like finding Finding what I love to do, that was huge for me. Like, I'm still riding that high. So hopefully the high stays stays for a long time. Oh, for sure. So we're coming up on 50 minutes. And Jessica, I I told Ashley our last question. I know we normally don't do that. Um, But the last guest said he would rather have the question before the podcast to think of better answers. (laughs) So for our top three pieces of success, I think you already told Uh us, but give us your top three to be super successful in any area of life or business? I really think number one is, you know, don't ever think that you know everything. Like you should always strive to be learning. And I think that will also help you stay passionate about whatever, whether it's dentistry, whatever field that you're in. That's the mistake I made when I left school. I was like, I finished school. I know enough and I don't need to learn anymore. And that's when, you know, things didn't go well. And when I started taking CE and really pushing myself to always stay on top of learning what's new, it kept me excited. And I, that was really big. Number mm-hmm. two would be have, you know, like have inspiring friends and mentors, the biomedic community. I love biomedics, but it's also the community that really helps me hold it together. When I have days where I don't want to be on social media or like, I don't want to make content. I just think about like all our friends, everyone who we're striving to do better work to help educate more people to do better work. And that like helps give me the motivation to, you know, get over my bad days. So that'd be number two. And number three is definitely take care of yourself. I mean, there's no way we're going to be able to work and change the world if you don't take care of your own health. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I, I see, like my mom had a health scare in 2020 and, and, at the end of it, if you don't have your health, you can't do anything else. So, you know, to be successful, take care of your body, work out, that, power, that, power lift, lift some weights. That, <laughs> that last piece of advice is so good because Ashley, me and you are mid thirties, maybe you're not mid thirties yet, you're 34, but the difference between twenties and thirties is so pronounced See, that you have to take care of yourself. I did not believe Um, my brothers are 10 years older than me. So I was twenties and when they're in their thirties and I didn't believe them. And now I'm just (laughs) like, I, I believe it. And I try to listen to what they say about the (laughs) forties. And so apparently it only gets worse Vince. So So Jessica's in her twenties. So she has no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I just, I'm in my, I'm in my late forties now. And I I, never um, would have guessed. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's, it's funny. I think I love the forties. The thirties are, the thirties are kind of chaotic. I feel like, um, you know, a lot of people are like having their kids or they have really young kids in their thirties. They're, 
they're starting a business. It's like, everything's just like craziness. And, and then it kind of tapers off in the forties. And, huh. and that, that's my experience anyways. Um, that's good so, to know. Yeah, uh, uh, now I, any advice or any words of tips or wisdom I get from anyone else in a different age bracket, I take to mm-hmm. heart. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I hear the fifties are pretty awesome too. Like you really, and you, you know, you kind of lose like, not that I don't care what people think, but you lose that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's like, you know what, this is who I am. And yeah, you kind of stay away from the people who don't, you know, make you feel good. And you gravitate mm-hmm. towards the people who, who, who do. And, and I love that. Like, I, I like getting older. I think it's, it's just been, you know, older and wiser. Hey, I love that. Um, it, it gives, it gives yeah. me hope for sure. Yeah. Um, and I do want to answer the question Jessica had that we didn't talk about is whether I'll do it again. And, oh yeah. And I want to actually say, I don't know. And mm-hmm. that's, and that's something that I tell every pre-dent that reaches out to me. And I tell them, I won't know until I pay off my loan. If I yeah. pay off my loan, sure. But there is a, you know, there's a chance that there's a chance that, well, I'll pay off the loan, but it's like how painful it's going to be to get there. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is I try to explain, I came out with 420,000 in debt and you, you just can't fathom what that even means when you start signing for your loans, when you start dental school, right? Like you mm-hmm. don't understand just how, much backbreaking work you have to do to pay that much kind of money back. And I tell a lot of pre-dents, you know, I, you should, I think anyone going to dental school should work in retail customer yeah. service. That's our job. That's like what we principally do. The cutting the tooth is, is, is the easy part. It's customer service, being able to talk to patients. That's like the most important thing, not taught That's- enough. That's an awesome statement. Um, I would I would also add to that. I, I waited tables and bartended for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Great job for dentistry. Um, when you're, you know, when you're approaching patients and, you know, going from room to room, it's, it's not unlike waitressing. I mean, yeah. you use the same communication skills and you're absolutely right. Because the, the dentistry, once you get everything isolated, it's, that's the easy part. <laughs> exactly. If only I could just, yeah. yeah, exactly. If only I could just fix the tooth, I right. would be happy. I would do clinical all day. It's just yeah. it's managing, managing your staff. Like it's the so people hard. part of it. That's hard. And yeah. so that's what, what I, I just wanted to say for anyone who listened is just make sure if you're going to make the investment that you really think about the, the bad parts of dentistry too, not just like the mm-hmm. glitz and the glam that you see on the Instagram and your professors showing you their boats and stuff. There's there's <laughs> glitz and glamour. <laughs> yeah. Where, where's hey. that? Show us that. I, I mean, do you don't you see those Instagram photos with all the glitter on the lips? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing not I can't put glitter on my back teeth, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. My but, diamond uh, crown. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say we feel so lucky you spent this past hour with us. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, no, thanks for having me. I had so much fun. Uh, anytime. You know, like, yeah, I'm... thank you. It was it was great talking to you. And this is our um, our pilot Zoom episode. So, oh, yeah, so okay. We did it. Nobody died. So we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <Nobody did. laughs> yes. So I'm glad to have been the guinea pig. And 
I, I'll be more than happy to be back. I love talking about dentistry. It's, yeah. okay. it's, it's like no work for too. me. Yeah. It's the only thing that will get me up at, at like early mornings is if I have to like lecture or do a talk or have a call. Yeah, you know, nothing else so will wake me up early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. Jessica, do you have anything you want to close on? I don't know. Just again, thank you so much for spending the time and I'd love to meet you in person someday. 